This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Great to have you here for another episode. Hope everyone had a fantastic Christmas. Uh, I hope everyone maintained a safe uh, situation out there on the roads. And uh, yeah, you don't look like me, which is basically a Christmas ham after probably consuming too much food during the Christmas period, probably like most of us. Um, next couple of weeks, or probably next week actually, well, depends when this show actually comes out, probably going to head to Malakuta again. Uh, most people know Malakuta's in Victoria, that's that northeastern tip of Victoria. I haven't been there for a couple of years. My mates, one of my best mates owns a holiday house down there, and I haven't been there for about... Yeah, two years since the fires. The fires was the last one. Kind of soured me on wanting to, not wanting to go back, but uh, just, you know, guess it brings back some memories. It was a pretty, pretty hard time back then during those Malakuta fires, you know, being uh, holed up down there on the water's edge with, you know, fires just smoking down the hill within 100 metres of you and thinking at one stage we might have to get into the water. Yeah, it wasn't really a good experience, but I'm actually keen to go back there to see what the regeneration's been like in that area. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Do a bit of fishing. Probably like most of us, the last two years have just been absolute crap for most of us. A lot of us have had cancelled hunting trips, fishing trips, or whatever other trips you might be a part of. Just absolutely sucks. I think a lot of us want to just get back to normal, want to get out there and uh, enjoy our sport, enjoy our hunting, and enjoy our fishing. So today's show, uh, probably not for the faint-hearted. Um, I did have someone probably ages ago busting my balls about you know the odd swear word on the podcast. I don't think it's that bad. So they're probably not going to like my today's guest. Uh, it's Ed Housen. He's got the channel, and just to just to avoid offending anyone, it's called F H U C K Outdoors on YouTube. You can say fuck, you can say fuck, you can say however you <laughs> want to say it but uh, uh ed's not backwards and coming forward and that's what i like about him if you don't like swearing you're probably not going to like his channel um but he does a lot of things shooting uh rifles shotguns mate cooking game uh he's doing a lot of uh, car builds at the moment too and working out his rig on his vehicle made a few dog boxes for his car as well uh he's doing a pretty good job on his channel so if you like that sort of thing uh, check out his channel, F-H-U-C-K, Outdoors on YouTube. And good part is he doesn't care what people think. You know, he's going to do what he's going to do. And that's what I think is really good about this industry of a lot of people that I've met in the industry is that, you know, they're really good. When I've met them, they're exactly the way they are um, on you know, their respective mediums, whether it's video, whether it's podcasting, doesn't matter what it is. Um, I, find, I find people being pretty true to what they do, which I really, really like, and I like that about Ed too. So uh, really nice guy. He's got some uh, funny moments on his channel as well, which I did have lots of chuckles about when I first um, found him, probably a good couple of years ago now, and he just started. But uh, yeah, we're going to have a good time talking. We're going to talk hunting. We're going to talk shooting. We're going to talk game. We're going to talk working on rigs. We're going to talk YouTube. We're going to talk about absolutely everything so i hope you do enjoy that if you want to join the show patreon.com forward slash ahp if you want to throw a few bucks my way to support the show over 10 years in the making of this show uh really a really really good milestone over 250 episodes of course as always you can hear the show spotify Castbox, stitcher which one am I even listed on? Uh, I can't even, Podbean, that's the one I'm listed on. That's who hosts my podcast. And uh, a lot of new up-and-coming podcasts out there in Australia as well, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, they're spreading the word on their podcast as well, which is absolutely fantastic. And eventually, like I tell most people, you know, AHP will end one day, guys. It will end one day. And hopefully these guys will, you know, be able to, you know, take on the torch, so to speak, and, and, and continue with the podcasting work and continue giving good content to the great hunters and shooters uh, of Australia, not only Australia, but around the world also. Doesn't mean I'm quitting just yet, guys. You know, just relax. I'm just saying eventually over 10 years, it, uh, you know, it, it, it is a lot of work, guys. It is a lot of work and a lot of new podcasts coming up and congratulations to those guys um, being able to um, continue uh, with what they do and bringing new and exciting content to the industry so without further ado that's all i've really got to talk about there's nothing really else to say other than hope everyone had a great christmas uh enjoyed your family and uh yeah not too much else to say so i think we'll probably get straight into it so without further ado let's get into my interview with ed house and ed welcome to the show mate thanks for joining me great to have you here yeah mate how are you 
Perfect, man. Perfect. Uh, someone, I think it was, was it someone on you. I think it might have been on YouTube, maybe on Instagram. So I needed to do an interview with you, but I already knew about you before then because you did send me. I'm pretty sure it was you. You sent me a shirt a couple of years ago, eh? Uh, it was actually a mate of mine. A mate of mine bought a shirt off me, sent it to you, and then he was like, hey, man, can I get another shirt? I'm like, didn't you bloody buy one? And he goes, oh, I sent it to this other bloke. I'm like, oh, okay, fair <laughs> All right. enough. And I it gave him you. another one. Yeah, no, no it was, uh, it was yeah. I'm staring at it right over here. Actually, it's on my uh, clothes rack. I was wearing it during the uh, just my last hunting trip down on the duck. So, mate, tell us about yourself. I mean, just everything in between. Give us a bit of a, I guess, a beef background of you know what you do, and yeah, go from there. Right. Well, uh, yeah, run a YouTube channel, and um, I try to keep things a bit entertaining because I don't really like watching dry stuff. You know, sometimes you watch a video and you're like, oh, bloody hell, just get to the point, or you're being a bit boring, so I try to keep things a little bit lively. Um, the way it all sort of started, though, and this, this goes back like 10, nearly 15 years, um, me and my mate were out pig hunting in uh, Spring Ridge, which is near Tamworth, and um, we had a broken lever-action rifle, so we couldn't fix it. We went onto YouTube, and obviously YouTube back then was like bloody cat videos and shit. So we, um, <laughs> yeah. we, we, didn't know, we didn't know how to fix this gun, so we actually downloaded like the, the how to strip manual and had to go through, like, step one, do this, and step two, do that. And back all the way back then, I was like, oh, bloody hell, it'd be really good to have a channel showing people how to pull these guns apart. And then didn't really do much about it. And then about four, three years ago, it was actually another lever-action rifle. Another different mate had one, had a malfunction. We didn't know how to fix it. And I said, oh, bugger this. I'm just going to make a channel and start pulling guns apart and, um, and reviewing guns and whatever and just see where it goes. And that's pretty much where we're at now. What's the name of it? You might as well throw it out there because people are going to say, ah, I can't believe he called it this. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so, so the name of the channel is Fuck Outdoors. That's F-H-U-C-K. It actually stands for Fishing, Hunting, Camping and Kayaking, funnily enough. <laughs> oh, there you, the go. Did, you know what? I did not know that. I thought it might have been from the swearing, but I, go, I guess not. Hey, even better. Even better. It's got dual it meanings. A, there you go. Yeah. Bit of a play on words. So I threw the U back in just to make it a little bit more funny. But um, it's sort of a running joke I've got with my mum because she's always said when I was growing up, oh, I want to open an Asian restaurant and call it fucking nice noodles, but with uh, a T-H-U-C. <laughs> so hang on. Fi- let me do that. Hang on. Fishing, hunting. Camping, kayaking. Camping. Okay, what's the U then? Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. he's actually so got it there. Hunting. FH is capital, lowercase yep. U, then capital CK. Ah, makes sense. We've got three meanings yeah. there, actually, when we think about yeah. it. <laughs> it's got depth like an onion. It's got layers. <laughs> I think so, too. I mean, I would never have picked that. Anyway, how did you get into, uh, I mean, yeah, tell us a bit more about yourself, how you got into hunting, um, how you got into um, firearms and all, everything in between, yeah. Well, I remember the first time I ever shot a firearm was at the Gold Coast show. In 1995, and it was a 22, and they had a 20-meter uh, tunnel range there. And I was about five or six, and my big brother took me there, and we spent all day just throwing coins at this thing, just firing 22 at these little targets. I remember that was the first time I got into firearms, and I thought, this is fucking great. I love this. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I did a little bit of hunting here and there with friends in my teens, but not a great deal. It wasn't really until I was about 18 or 19 I got invited on a pig hunting trip down to Tamworth. Um, so we all drove down there and that was sort of how I really got into it, which is that mates going, Hey man, like you seem like a guy that likes being in the outdoors. You want to come and shoot some pigs? And it sort of went from there. I mean, what about family? Were they ever into hunting or anything like that? Um, yeah, well, my dad's from Victoria and he would always tell me when he's growing up, he used to ferret, um, rabbits and he would use shotguns and 303s and all that sort of stuff. Um, but he never really hunted that much when I was growing up. We, fished a lot together, but we never hunted together. Where, where, where's your family now, by the way? Are they still in? I know you've relocated to Victoria just for, you know, a little bit of time ago, but uh, where's your family? Yeah. What, still all up in Queensland? or? Yeah, yeah, mate. They're all still at the Gold Coast. So I've got my parents and my siblings. They're all off the Gold Coast. And, um, yeah, I moved down to Victoria. Yeah, right. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you anyway? How old? 31. 30, so, 31? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I look like I'm about 60. But, uh, <laughs> no, hey, I was I'm only, only going to say, I was only going to say, I mean, like, I'm, start, I'm, I'm just turned 40. I thought, fuck me, grey hair's starting to, oh, I've got to start, you know, it's not looking good. I thought, shit, you're greyer than Kevin Rudd. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's good. The chick's digging, apparently. So I've been told. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, it's not a blight. No, I'm not having a go at you. I'm just saying, you know, like, shit, I thought, man, <laughs> hey, I thought, I ever thought, you know, if I ever go grey, I just want to go just completely grey, 
as quick as possible. Let's just get it, get it over with. I don't want to be some salt and pepper. I just don't want to do that. Just go, just take it, take it now, and go full grey. Yeah, well, I'd rather be grey than bald. Nothing, not there's anything wrong with being bald, but I think grey would be a little bit more the, the George Clooney look. Yeah, yeah, mate, hundred <laughs> percent. So, so you said you got into shooting. Um, what, what about um, you know, siblings? Did they get into hunting or not? Just really you or? No, nah, it's just me. Yeah, I'm the only one in the family that's into the sort of the outdoorsy sort of stuff. They're all like, uh, they're into music and all sorts of other things. So they've got their own little lives. And yeah, I'm the only one that's really into the outdoor stuff. What do they say? I mean, obviously, dad probably has a problem. What about, what about mums? Okay with it? What about what are your siblings in that say? Do they go, oh, he's a bloody hunter or they don't mind it? Nah, no, not really. They, they know that I've always been into the outdoorsy sort of stuff since I was little and they just go, oh, that's just what it does. It doesn't bother them. They sort of, they think it's kind of cool. They're like, oh, yeah, what did you shoot this? Weekend away. I'm like, oh, I shot this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, whatever. That's sweet. Like, that doesn't bother them at all, really. What about the friends, I guess, you made in, um, up in Queensland? What, uh, I mean, they, were they into shooting or your mates and that? Did you make sort of mates in the, in the shooting industry or in the shooting sports? Or Yeah, I would say about 90% of my friends are all shooters. So everyone I knew up in Queensland, we would go away, pig hunting trips out at uh, Roma and Mitchell out west. Uh, we'd go up north and, yeah, so there's a fair bit of hunting around. Um, Queensland and New South Wales over the last you know, 10, 15 years. Um, and then all my mates down here in Victoria now are all shooters as well. So it's pretty good. No one's really, yeah, it's not really any different. Like I'm trying to hide from people like, oh, I go out and shoot things. Everyone's like, oh, that's Ed and he shoots shit. So. <laughs> and you just moved, uh, you said a couple, well, a couple, was probably a couple of years ago, as you said, before we got onto the show. Because uh, I was always looking at your stuff going, I swear he was in Queensland. But then uh, you, you, you were in Queensland, but you've moved to Victoria. Hey, what do you think the difference is between. You know, I mean, I guess hunting and shooting, the people, the hunting experiences, I mean, the opportunities, say, compared to Queensland, compared to being down there in Victoria now? I think it's definitely the fact that we can public land hunt down here is the main differentiator between the two states. Like, Queensland's good, and I love hunting pigs up in Queensland, but if you don't have the private property to do it on, then you're kind of buggered. You've got to go to, you know, the bloody Belmont Range and shoot groups, which to me is boring. Um but down here, obviously, you can public land hunt, so you can go out, and I've chased goats, I've chased pigs, I've chased deer, all since I've been down here just in the local state forest 10 minutes drive from my house. So, um, yeah, it's great. Love it down here. Yeah, I know. I, was just, I think Victoria's great. They've just got to get, get rid of that bastard Daniel Andrews. You know what I mean? They can get rid of him. People hopefully will start flooding back into Victoria instead of out of Victoria. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they're all going back to your home uh, state of Queensland. Everyone's leaving Victoria yeah, and going to Queensland, so... Yeah, Victoria on the move to bloody Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they are, exactly. What about, um, you know, partaking in any shooting sports? I mean, I know I, I, I'm probably like you as well. I, you know, I ain't like going to the, to the range to, you know, group in my uh, reloads and stuff like that. But what about any other sport, like target shooting, clays, pistols, got anything like that, or you more just stick to the hunting side? Um, I've shot clays a fair few times. Nothing like, nothing comp or anything, just me or mate just going to the range and shooting clothes because there's nothing else to do. Um, I do a lot of practice shooting. So because I like to hunt and the style I like to hunt in, which is a lot of getting animals to stand up at really close ranges, shooting them on the run, um, I practice a lot for that style of shooting. So to me, I, I think it's a bit silly if you go to the range and you shoot off a bench constantly only grouping, uh, grouping your rounds. And then if you go out hunting, you've got to move in target then you're never going to hit it because you've never practiced that style of shooting before. And I think that you owe it to the animal to be able to shoot accurately and take it out with as little harm as possible, if, you, if you can even say that with killing an animal, but take it out quickly without having to you know, blow a bloody leg off and then have to shoot it three more times to put it down. So yeah, I practice a fair bit on moving targets and um, different ranges, different, um, like trying to bring the gun up into the shoulder really quick and get the shot on nice and, uh, nice and fast. Yeah, exactly. That's something we don't do, eh? We, we, a lot of us, you know, shooting off benches and so forth, doing reload testing or whatever. But, you know, when it comes, it's a totally different ball game when it comes to standing up, you know, putting the gun into the shoulder and trying to, you know, shoot, you know, not just moving targets. You, you know, I try not to. I try and wait for them to stop like you know, 90, 95, 99% of the time. But, you know, it's just hard sometimes when you're standing there, your heart's racing, you see this big deer in front of you and then, you know, you've got to stand there with your heart racing like a bloody lab rat to, and try and knock this animal. And even, you know, even at 60 or 70 metres standing from the shoulder can be sometimes a difficult shot. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. And like, unless you've got like, I don't know, a lot of the deer that I see, because I get so close to them, and once I do, 
nine times out of ten, they're going to spot me. All my dogs are going to make them stand up. They're on the run. And I sort of treat them like I used to treat pigs, where I just go, okay, ten minutes away, I'm just going to shoot that while he's running. And it's not really... I don't find it like a moral drama for me, but I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's a deer. You've got to bloody have it standing still. And I don't know. Just To me, it's just another animal to shoot. I know. I remember years ago, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the show, probably just out of sheer embarrassment, really, but... Uh... I remember there was a I was I was hunting wild dogs one time. I didn't know well they were what they were wild dogs, right? And there was two of them. And they came in on this private property that I was hunting on many years ago, probably ten years ago. And they came over this um, embankment and they were drinking water out of this uh, you know like uh, creek. And I come down through this creek and I saw them. Then I thought, oh shit! You can tell they were mangy looking things, right? And I thought, oh, this was an easy shot. And I didn't see them until I saw something move. So I lined one up. Must have only been about. Yeah, 25 metres would be me being really nice to myself, to be brutally honest, right? Bang, yeah. missed it. Point. I would consider that almost point blank. And I, I guess yeah. I probably got a bit cocky, you know, and I, I lined them up. Bang, didn't, you know, really probably bother to do the fundamentals, thinking, well, this is only 25 metres. Uh, on a good day, probably 20 metres more like it. And total miss, eh? Total, total miss. And I went, oh, shit, this is not good. Perhaps the next time, actually. And it actually showed me, listen, don't do that in future. Don't, you know, when you put the gun to the shoulder, you actually got to practice that type of stuff because yeah. thinking you're going to take something out at 25 metres or 20 metres or 50 metres is an easy shot. Sometimes not always the case. And I guess I learned a pretty good pretty good hard lesson that day of, listen, don't be so quick to shoot, you know, because, hey, if you make a bad shot, well, then, you know, you can wound the animals, you said before, and then, yeah, I just want to, yeah, and you're going to miss shots, which is not good because I want to take down one of my first dogs and still haven't taken down a dog to this day, so. Yeah, that's the thing. You've got to kind of shoot within your scope of ability. So I think, like, if you did want to get into shooting running game, you definitely have to practice it. You can't just be like, okay, one day I'm just going to walk into the bloody state forest and start shooting running game. It's definitely something you've got to build yourself into because then you would do bad shots and you would, you know, gut shot a deer or miss a dog or whatever. I think it's definitely one of those things. It's a progression to get there. It's not just one thing you just pick up one day and go, I'm going to do that. It's like shit plays. Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, let's get a quick break and we'll be right back. Camo Warehouse is Australia's leading supplier of quality hunting clothing and accessories. We stock leading outdoor clothing brands such as Rocky Boots, Georgia Boots, Hunter's Element, Ridgeline, Spiker, 511, Stony Creek and many more. Camo Warehouse is the leading supplier of optics and shooting accessories including Leopold, Bushnell, Zerotech, Lyman, Powerbeam and Lightforce. We can also order in custom Boyd stocks from the US to your specific requirements. Camo Warehouse offers flexible zero interest payment options including afterpay and zip pay order via our website at camowarehouse.com.au or give us a call on 02 6771 2836 all right, Ed, curveball for you, man. You know how we get a bit of a, a hard rap when we're, we're hunters, especially when we live in these city areas. I'm not sure if yep. you're married, single, taken, whatever the case may be, but what do you, if you've ever been on a date or your current partner or whatever and you, you say you're a hunter, what's the reaction like? For me, it's not been that good in the past. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm single, so any ladies out there listening, hit me up. No, um, <laughs> so um, I've not really had that many dramas going on dates with, girls that um, haven't really liked hunting because generally I won't take them on a date unless I know that they're into that sort of thing. Like I don't want to, I'm not going to go to like a bloody music festival, which is not my scene at all and grab some random shield and be like, let's go on a date and then be like, yeah, I shoot things. Of course she's going to be like, well, that's weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly, like, exactly. So no, the, uh, the, the demographic of, of who I pick um, is definitely already in that line of outdoorsy sort of stuff before I even consider taking them on a date. So I've never really had that many dramas. I've had people, like I've had um, people I went to school with on my social media going like, oh, I can't believe you shot that animal, blah, blah, blah. But that's about as far as that goes. I've not really run into that much stigma. Yeah, it's always a bit of a funny thing. I've had mixed results over the years, you know, and uh, living in Sydney, you know, everyone's a bit of a greenie at times, you know, depending on where you live and what you do. But yeah, I've had a range of different experiences over the years, that's for sure. Some good and some bad. <laughs> yeah, I know a couple of mates of mine that have had mixed experiences and people, you know, they'll start dating someone or whatever and they're like, oh, I can't go shooting now because the missus have told me she doesn't like it. But to me, I'm like, well, that's a pretty bad relationship to be in. <laughs> Just pull out and go to someone else. Um, 
but that's that's just me. I'm pretty um, stuck in my ways, and I'm not really going to change for anyone else. So. Exactly. The hardest one I've found too is like I've got people that I've known that have seen what I do or even other friends of friends and so forth been out hunting and, you know, that, but maybe they've already been married for say 10, 15 years or something, got a couple of kids and then trying to, you know, they haven't shot before. So then yeah. what they're trying to do is introduce shooting into the home. They're like, oh, no, I'm not having guns in the house. I'm not, not, not. There's no way we're with kids. No way. And, you know, we're not having guns or ammunition in the house. And that that's the hardest one to have. At least when you first meet them, well, they know what they're getting into. But, you know, yeah, when it comes exactly. to that's- yeah current relationships can be a bit difficult because, you know, sometimes the women don't take it too well or, or you know, hey, I've had one girl that was on the show and she was the hunter and actually the guy didn't take it too well. So that was an interesting one yeah, too. Cool. That's different. Yeah, there you go. I know. <laughs> Mate, favourite game to hunt? I mean, you're a bit of a jack of all trades, or what's your number one? Um, I am very agnostic when it comes to hunting, so I will hunt in any style, any game. My favourite, though, be a tough one. Big fan of hunting pigs. I think everyone in Australia is a big, big fan of hunting pigs. Um, just one of the things we do here. But um, foxes are pretty fun. Whistling a fox in, do you like that? And um, rabbits are obviously... Growing up, you shoot rabbits, and rabbits just one of those real nostalgic. Like you feel like a kid again because you've got this little tiny gun, little rabbit, and uh, yeah, I think the rabbit hunting is pretty nostalgic for me. Even this weekend, um, out here at stall, we've been ferreting rabbits out, but not netting them. So we're ferreting them on the run, um, shooting them with shotguns, and then getting the dog to go and retrieve them, which has been pretty cool. Yeah, that's it's really fun. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I love that. Eh? You put the ferret down, and you don't net them, and they you just stand it around. Whoa, there one popped up, bang, and. Yeah, good yeah. fun, the old shotguns, aren't they? Yeah, it's like whack-a-mole, but with a shotgun, it's great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what, how often do you get to do that? How often do you get to shoot like that style of, you know? Oh, not not that often. We've got a few properties. That, so I'm actually at a mate's house right now. Um, he's got a few properties out in the storeway that he gets a few of us onto where we can do this sort of stuff. Where we usually ferret closer to home, we can't use guns, so we use nets and dogs um, around there. So it's not very often, probably like two, three times a year I get to come out here and do that sort of style of shooting. Yeah, most of the time if we're using the ferrets back home, it's just um, yeah, netting them with dogs. So now that you're down in Victoria, good question. Have you ever got, I mean, obviously in regards to what, say what your job is, unless you, you, know, you want it yourself, but you don't have to. Um, you reckon you'll stay down there? Will you relocate, if you can, back to Queensland? Or what, what's your plan for the future, you reckon? Well, my plans are a bit, bit up in the air at the moment, so... I'm in the army, and that's the reason why I moved down to Victoria. Um, and I usually like to keep that a little bit uh, not out in the like. I don't care if people know, but I don't really want to go on my YouTube and be like, "Oh, by the way, I'm a bloody AJ, and you should listen to me because I know everything." Because <laughs> it's not what I'm about. This was probably um, not the show to say that because you now everyone's going to know now. <laughs> yeah, well, if they know, they know. But I, I don't. I don't openly you know, go out and be you know, throwing it around because I'm just not my style. But um, so I'm down here at the moment but I was supposed to move to South Australia but I've actually broken my back so <laughs> I'm stuck here for a bit to get surgery so I don't really know where I'm going next so yeah it's a bit of a bit of a weird one yeah what's still part of the services you mean or you're getting out or you're staying yeah, in yeah. you mean or uh, well it depends on how the surgery goes I might get medically discharged um, or I might stay in just depends on how I recover from the surgery because of compression fractured one of my vertebrae and my lower back um, it's pushing on the nerve, so if they can't really free that up and I can't get full freedom of movement back, then um, yeah, I might get binned. But that's that's a thing for the future, I guess. Yeah, right. You you want to stay in? Is it still? You know, I was in there many many years ago, some twenty. Shit, what am I? Forty, probably. Yeah, seventeen, eighteen years ago. It's probably changed a lot since probably I was there. Some good, some bad, I guess. Yeah, look, it's changed a lot since the, in the fifteen years that I've been in, but um. I definitely, I definitely would like to stay because you know it's my passion. It's what I really like to do for a job. But I'm also, you know, if I can't do the job, then I'm not going to hang around and take a position of someone else where someone who's fitter and younger could do the job better than me. So why would I stick around and, and waste you know the government's money on that sort of thing? So if the push comes to shove and they reckon I can't do the job anymore, then I'll just leave. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, let's hope that's not the case. Let's hope the, the surgery goes well and. Get back on board, man. Get back on board. Yeah, like it has, it's it's slowed me down a little bit. Like I can't go stomping up mountains looking for deer much at the moment. But um, all the all the smaller stuff, I can still get up and do and shooting at the range or sort of stuff. So yeah, it hasn't really slowed me down a lot. It's slowed me down a, a bit. 
I remember there was, I think, one of your videos, if I recall correctly. I think you were probably down in the Victorian high country somewhere. And I, I remember I was watching and I think you guys were, yeah, you, it was you and your mate and you were puffing your guts out. And hey, I would have been too. Don't worry. I saw those hills when you were showing the hills on the video. And I was like, oh man, this, these hills do not look good. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a pretty rough area, that one. Um, yeah. It's the funny thing is, I've had a broken back now for four years and didn't even know I've had it. So my back has been, has been wow. really bad. And I've been, you know, doing heaps of stretching and trying to do yoga and all that. And I've still been going up massive yamas and doing all this crazy. And then, yeah, the doctors are like, you need to stop that because if you wreck that nerve, then you're going to lose feeling in your legs. So I kind of got to wind it back a bit now. Yeah, but, um, no, you don't yeah, want to be, those, be doing those, that then. You don't want to be doing no, that. No, definitely not. you got to look after yourself. But those videos just reminded me. It, it, it really makes me laugh because there's one video I put up there where it's like some really clickbait title. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was like, elusive samba shocking results or, or you wouldn't believe this or some you know some crap like that some clickbait anyway <laughs> this whole thing leads up to where you think this kill shot's going to be and the deer gets away and it wasn't even a deer anyway it was just a cow out there um and <laughs> the amount of people i had commenting going oh you wasted seven minutes of my life <laughs> and all this shit like ah oh, well sorry mate i should have put in there at the start but i wasn't actually going to shoot something in that video. i know always I thought, <laughs> thought, thought that was pretty funny yeah, I know. It's always, I've made a few videos in my time, but it's, you know, it's hard, you know, because it's, it's hard. I speak to a lot of guys that do like YouTube videos, you know, and, and you, you know that when you're out there, you, you've experienced this yourself. It's it's very difficult to try, especially when you're hunting deer. I mean, rabbits and that, where I do a bit of long range shooting, you know, we can get down the bottom, you know, one of the boys are on the camera, or I quickly show them how to use it, or, you know, or I'm on the camera and they're shooting or vice versa. And yeah, it's just a lot easier. You've got rabbits just sitting there, but when you've got a deer and you're on, you know, and you, you, it could be 20, 30 meters away, you're in some thick country or whatever, and you're trying to set up a camera and a tripod and you're trying to get him and it's moving. And it, it's just uh, deer hunting, I swear to God, is probably one of the hardest. Uh, types of hunting to actually film i reckon oh definitely it's a nightmare and even if you do go the the head cam like gopro route you can't bloody see anything that's further 20 meters away so there's no point filming it anyway because all you're right. showing is you shooting a rifle and then you're walking over to a, a deer you may as well just not film it you know what I mean? like you're not going to show anything anyway yeah so it's definitely yeah. hard to do i'm trying like i've tried a few times and there's, there's been a lot of hunts where like heaps of shit has happened but i haven't caught it on camera because the camera's been dead haven't pressed the cord whatever else and there's been others where i filmed absolutely everything and then there was no deer so like well what do you do like yeah don't worry i've done that plenty of times (laughs) plenty of times man i've made a video i've gone out you know five days of of filming getting all the shots doing everything you need to do and then guess what no deer and you come back and you go well what do i do do i spend have i just just spent literally five days of you know know, putting cameras in my mates faces which probably annoys them getting up getting all the shots the 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 b-roll footage or whatever it may be just to shoot nothing like i guess i can get away with that once or twice that i've done it but you can't you can't always get away with that sort of thing eh? because then you know then people go oh didn't shoot anything and i go well that's right i didn't didn't shoot anything this time (laughs) I, i think i think also that people People, especially because of like all the American hunting shows, American YouTube channels, people just expect there's going to be a kill shot in a hunting video. And as we all know, you don't shoot a deer every bloody time you go out. No. So it, it's more realistic for, for new hunters to see, oh, here's a hunting video, and they can see how we hunt and what we do, but then realize, oh, they don't actually shoot something every time. Because I've gone out with mates, and they, they've got really, really annoyed that they haven't seen a deer. We, we might go out for like a single day, like a one-day trip, just walk around the state forest, and like, really bummed out like oh i didn't see a deer like yeah mate you, you hunted for eight hours it takes you you know 40 <laughs> something days of that eight hour day to actually find something if you're a new hunter so yeah. i think people just get too distressed that they're not going to see anything or shoot anything just when they first get into because they don't really realize how hard it actually is Exactly. And people, if you, like I said to people, they always go, oh, what do you do to start a ch- channel? And people probably have asked you too. And I say, listen, if you got, if you want to do it for fun, do it for fun. You know, that's, you know, document your hunts, make videos that, that, you know, that, that is a lot of fun watching back some of the things that I've made over the years. But I said, I gave you, have you got a lot of game to shoot? Oh, not really. I go, don't worry about it then. You know what I mean? Yeah, I said, yeah, nah. a lot of the guys that are doing well, they've got private properties, which is, which is good on them. Yeah. They've got a lot of game to hunt. They've got a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of things to be able to shoot. I said it's a high volume sort of environment for them to shoot. So that that's what that's what people want to see, eh? They want to sit. They want to see some yeah, yeah, yeah. big fat idiot like me running around with a gun, bushwalking, and I, when they could be watching some other great channel where they're actually shooting something. So yeah, exactly right. Like yeah. I, I put a couple of hunting videos up, but my 
my videos have turned into now. It's mainly like reviewing different guns, um, yeah, showing people how to pull it apart, talking about ballistics and just and trying to actually teach people because when you're a new hunter, there's not a great deal. There's a lot of fluff out there that you'll search through for ages. Like, I don't know what gun I need to get or I don't know what gear I need to carry. So I try to cater to the newer guys that haven't actually, don't have someone to ask, like a mate that will show them what to do. So I sort of try to cater it that way and show them like what guns are good and all that sort of gear. Absolutely, man. What about, um, let's talk about some of your favourite guns and calibres. What do you own? What do you enjoy shooting? What's your go-to? Um, I've, got a, I've got a lot of guns. <laughs> um, my, I've got my favourite rifle. I've got um, Ruger M77s, the old tank safety ones. So I've got two of them. Uh, one's in 308 and one is in 7mm rem mag. And they're my two go-to deer guns. The, the 308 one's going to get chopped down in, uh, in a few weeks to an 8-inch barrel, just so it's a little bit lighter, a little bit more handy. Um, but yeah, the 7 rem mag is definitely my longer-range gun. So that's about 400, anything stalking and real close. I've either got my lever action 30-30 or my 308 uh, M77 would be my go-to um, centerfires. And then Adler Straight Pull, BT-20. Um, shoot a lot of stuff with that. I love that thing. I reckon it's great. And a lot of people, because I, I practice a lot with that gun, and I can cock it pretty quickly. And I've had a lot of people who have been out on hunts with me go, oh, I didn't realize you had a semi-automatic. And I'm like, oh, well, it's not, mate. I've just got a very quick arm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I like that one. It's good. I didn't mind. I, I just went away duck shooting a couple of weeks ago. We go every sort of year, you know, it's sort of like a, this was the 10th year, I think. And, you know, like, I, I love the straight pull. I got one of the straight pull shotguns as well. And I do like it, but it's probably not my favorite for the for the, for the the aerial bird shooting. Like, I just struggled last year when I was using it. So I just went back to the under and over this year, but then realized I was just, you know, because most of us haven't shot for the last year, year and a half. The first yeah. week, man, like, birds were flying in. They weren't even moving. They was coming pretty much straight at me. You know, they weren't turning off on funny angles or getting spooked. And I was just fucking having a shocker, man, the first week. Eh? Even, even my mate goes, what's happened to you? And I said, oh, I don't even know. But then the second week, man, like it was all of a sudden, it just started clicking again. And, man, I was like, you know, a group of four birds would come in. Sometimes I'd accidentally, you know, I'd shoot towards the leading bird, knock two birds with one shot, and then get a second bird with the third, sorry, a second bird with the second shot, you know? And I'm like, oh, this yeah. is pretty good, eh? Like I said, you know, how, how times have changed between this week and la or last week and this week. Yeah, it just goes to show if you don't do it, you'll definitely lose those skills. They'll fade a fair bit pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, if you're, if you're wing shooting, you definitely need a, um, a double barrel. There's no, no question of that. Wing shooting with a straight pull is very, very hard. And a lot of people don't have the skill to be able to cock it that quickly and maintain on target. Like, and I'm shocking at it as well. I can do running game on the ground. I just can't do um, wing, wing shooting with it. It's a bit hard. Yeah, hundred percent. I tell people that. Listen, I don't know which one you've got, but uh, I bought the right-handed one, and I think I should have bought the left-handed version. So instead of taking my hand off the trigger and cocking the right-handed one, I think what's better is is actually if you're strong enough, taking you know for people out there listening, if you take your left hand off the foregrip and you, you you're cocking it with your left hand, so you shoot, bang, you bang instead of taking your hand off the trigger because I notice when I've actually got to cock it once I take my hand off the trigger. When I'm moving my hand forward on my arm, my shoulder naturally has to come forward too to cock it, which then gets you totally off balance and, 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 you, and you, you just sort of got to reform the shot again if you're actually going for your second shot. So if you're right-handed, yeah, guys, get the left-handed version. That's what I reckon. But 100% agree with that. I actually did a video comparing left and right-handed cocking on an Adler um, and then also changing the stocks and see which is better. And my preferred method is to have the semi-pistol grips so the more traditional style with a left-handed cock because um, I can maintain that on the target easier while I'm chambering the next round as opposed to, yeah, as you said, taking your master hand off and cocking it with your right hand because you, you will, you roll your shoulder in, you'll lose your sight picture. And I found that pistol grips for me, because your centre of gravity, your hand is lower on like way below the receiver, not in line with the receiver, it actually will wobble left and right while you cock it a fair bit. So, yeah, I prefer the traditional grip with a left-handed cock and I find it works 
mint for me. Yeah, and the only thing I was thinking about was like, oh, you know, is, is holding it up in one hand whilst you remove your left hand from the foregrip, is that going to be a problem? But I've done it with my one just to sort of pretend, you know, and I go, no, that's that's pretty good, you know what I mean? So I'm kind of disappointed I bought the right-handed version on that one, and some people say, well, where are you going to sell it? And I go, well, you know, the right-handed one will probably sell no problem. It'll probably be, interestingly, you know, probably the left one, that left-handed one that might be hard to sell if you're actually a right-hander because people don't know that I think the yeah. better, as you said, the better option is is to get that left-handed cock version or even better uh, is to get the one where you can switch it you know the, the charging handle from both sides but of course i bought the one where you can't do that so now i'm screwed <laughs> so now i'm screwed yeah. as a pain you, you can if you get like you can do if you're really setting your ways like if you shoot bolt action a lot um i would recommend to anyone who's listening to go with a right-handed cock but with an extension on your cocking handle so it brings it back instead of being forward of the receiver to the rear of the receiver so it's in line with where your normal bolt on your bolt action would be. And you can still rack it in your shoulder like you would a bolt action. And it works a hell of a lot quicker than having to reach all the way forward, full out extension to grab that cotton handle. All right, guys, we're just going to go to a quick break and we'll be right back. Do you need genuine reason? The National Shooting Council is the only true national political voice for shooters. And we offer genuine reason for hunting licenses in Victoria, New South Wales, the ACT and Queensland. And we are working on expanding Genuine Reason to other states over the next couple of years. Don't just join an organization to go shooting. Make your membership count. Get your Genuine Reason at nationalshooting.org.au. Ed, I want to talk about too, um, hunting rigs, man. You, you've probably got more cars than I, I know. You know you've know, got a lot of cars you've been working on on your channel. Did you end up selling any or what are you working on currently? What's the new one? Is that the Navara? Yeah, so the newest Navara I had, so the first one on the channel would have been the van, which was old Gladys. So that was a Toyota Spacia. I built that because I was on holidays for uh, three months, so I wanted to travel the east coast of Australia. And obviously I didn't want to do that in a Commodore, so I went and bought a van for a 1000 bucks, built a bed in the back of it, and, um, and literally travelled the east coast of Australia <laughs> in it. So that was pretty good. Um, and then I've got my 75 Troopy, which is a high-top um, which I've wrapped a line and I've built a kitchen in the back of it and a fold-out bed and all sorts of things. That's my camping rig. Whenever I go away for long periods, I'll take that with me. Um, and then, yeah, I'm working on a, a 99 Nissan Navara as my shooting rig at the moment. So I've built a dog box for the back and I'm about to put spotlights on it, and, um, shooting rests on the back and all that sort of good gear. So what would you do with Gladys? Have you still got the van or did you end up selling the van? No, I sold that to the Wreckers for $150. Oh, no, mate. It got you around Australia. uh, Got you around Australia. At least on the East Coast, anyway. Yeah. I was was going to sell it, but then I took it to get a roadie, and there was that much shit wrong with it that I just decided it's not worth it. So I had a a fair few buyers that really bummed out that I got rid of it. They're like, oh, I would have bought it off. This is during the COVID, the first year of the COVID crap as well. And I couldn't be bothered dealing with trying to remotely sell a car and all that. And I was like, oh, just get money, get rid of it. So good memories with the car, but um, yeah, bend that one to the to the wreckers. I was going to say, man, with the uh, COVID tax shit, you would have got like probably five thousand dollars for it, but based on the uh, yeah, I, I had you know? I had someone offer me six grand for it. Oh, I would have taken that for sure. Yeah, it was literally a yeah, literally a um, a thousand dollar car where I put about two hundred bucks worth of timber in the back of a bed. But I, like, I think I found the mattress on the side of the road or something ridiculous. So it cost me nothing to do. But um, yeah, because of the roadie and I couldn't get a roadworthy in this. Uh, the person wouldn't buy it without a roadway. I would have had to throw at least three or four thousand dollars into it. And I just couldn't be asked, so I just yeah, got rid of it. Yeah, yeah. And you got the troopies. Well, how do you how do you rate that Raptor lining stuff? I haven't watched that. I saw the video there. You was that like the sandy color you painted? Like the what do you call it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Khaki yeah, sandy color. Sandy out of beige, whichever you go with. But um, yeah, it's really easy to use. Um, I literally just hit the whole car with an orbital sander um, in my Christmas break last year. Just orbital sanded the whole car with like 80 grit and then got these spray cans and just it's like rattle canning but with a spray gun from a compressor and just sprayed it straight on it took me about four hours to the longest part was like masking taping everything off i didn't want to paint it was about four hours of bloody masking tape and then about 45 minutes of spraying and it was done so good stuff really durable how do you reckon it came out it came out all right Oh look! If you look really closely, it looks shit. But um, from a distance, it looks pretty good, and I'll get a lot of <laughs> turn a lot of heads. I've, I've had people message me, go, "Oh, were you down near Ballarat? I saw you driving around and you know, stuff like that." I'm like, yeah, that would have been me. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. Well, you're pretty handy making your stuff and that. Like, I mean, hey, that this stuff's not cheap. I mean, you know, these days, I mean, you look at you know, new four-wheel drives, they've gone up, all the accessories have gone up. We were, we were on our trip a couple of weeks ago and we were even talking about that, all the you know prices of different vehicles. I mean, remember when I got, my people were busting my balls about the Triton I bought five years ago. I bought a brand new. Mate, they're were 28 grand now. My mate goes, oh, well, 27 and a half, I think, brand new. My mate goes, oh, they're not 27 and a half anymore, 28 anymore, man. So... We were just talking about how much stuff has just gone crazy prices. I mean, from bull bars to trays to, you know, lights and radios and all that. So, man, shit, you can easily dump, you know, 70 to 80K into a car, no problem. Oh, easy, yes, easy. And I, I'm, I'm a very hands-on person. I like to DIY, like, everything I do. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, like, when they've got the Navarro, I was like, oh, I need to put a dog box in the back. And people are like, oh, just buy a dog box. Here's one that's similar to what you want for $1,500 and it doesn't fit the car perfectly. Shit, I was like, fuck that, I'll just buy a welder and I'll just bloody build one. So I hadn't welded since I was in high school. Bought a welder for 300 bucks off Gumtree and just welded up the dog box because bugger it, why not, right? Like if you're going to do something, you may as well have fun, do it yourself and yeah. then you make it exactly how you want it. Yeah, 100%. What about game? You've done a few game videos and recipes. What's your, what do you reckon the number one is you've made that's a, like a regular staple? Other than jerky, cool. I mean, jer- jerky is pretty good. So I'll, oh, I'll make, yeah, I'll make yeah. jerky's good. That goes without oh, saying, jerky. doesn't it? That goes without saying. Oh yeah, you got to make jerky. Um, I think the best go-to one is probably the, ra- the rabbit rissoles. They're great because every little bit of rabbit meat, you just chuck it in a mincer, chuck in some bacon, pop out the mince, make it into rissoles, and off you go. They're beautiful. Yeah, I know. I like, do do like utilizing game. I love jerky, man. Like when my stuff, if, if I haven't eaten all my you know, steaks and stuff sometimes or whatever parts of it. If I haven't, you know, it's getting a bit old, I just I go, I'm going to defrost it and smash like about, you know, five five kilos worth of jerky out of it. But then, you know, I start taking it around and then these bastards that I know start going, oh, give me a bit more. And then they go, oh, they didn't like it. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, and once they've, you know, let the flavour just mould in their mouth for, you know, five, ten minutes, they're like, oh, you got another piece of that, you know. So, so I, thought you didn't, I thought you didn't like it. You know, and they go, oh, it's not too bad. And then all of a sudden, mate, I've had a kilo, but he's gone, you know. Yeah, no, definitely good. I like I take everything I shoot. Not everything I shoot. Obviously, I don't take fucking boxes. But um, I, I take if I shoot a deer, I'll take as much of that deer as I can, um, depending on how far I got to pack it out. Um, because I like to, you know, that's the self-sustainable side of it. And go like I've got a freezer full of deer now. I'll make snags. I'll make you know, snitties, rissoles, uh, roast steaks. You know, you name it. I'll I'll pump it out. So I really like that. Not having to go pay for bloody meat from the um from the butcher or whatever i can just go to the freezer and pull anything i've shot yeah exactly so what about this youtube stuff what do you want to do what are you what are your plans have you got any more videos coming up any more hunting videos what are you planning on doing um yeah i've got another couple of hunting videos that are going to come out what i've filmed here at stall this week is pretty good so i happy accident i accidentally had my gopro set to super slow-mo uh, like slow-mo um from when i was doing a a shooting video a couple of weeks ago and we were um, shooting the rabbits off the ferrets. So I've got all this really awesome slow motion footage of rabbits running, like trying to get away from the ferrets and then getting shotgunned down. So that's going to come out. So obviously didn't intend to have that cool footage, but I've got it. So I'll put that out. It's pretty fun. I think um, I saw one more. on Instagram, didn't you too? You put yeah, one up yeah. in the slow-mos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would have yeah, whacked one of those ones up and the rabbit goes flipping up into the air. Um, yeah, so that, that'll be a good fun video when that comes out. Um, got a few more reviews coming through because I'm linked up with Fat Rat Trading at the moment. So they're a gun shop or an outdoor store in Kilmore. And um, they've sort of come to the party and letting me borrow some guns to review. So a few of the last shotguns I've reviewed have come from them. Um, and they've got a few more newer guns coming in. And every time they get one, like, hey, man, do you want to grab this and go and review it and let customers know what's out there? So definitely a lot more gun reviews in the future. So that's good. What about any purchases, man? What about, you know, are you going to buy any more guns? You got any more, anything you've got your eye on or any, any or any bit of um, equipment, really? Not just guns. I mean, any equipment or, you know, tools nah, or you buy buying welders and stuff, you bastard. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm pretty set with the gear that I've got at the moment. Like, that's what I'm telling myself because I'm really bad for just buying shit I don't need. Um, so, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling myself that I'm set right now and I don't need to buy anything else. I might go and buy a 243 at some point just because it's a little bit easier to shoot the foxes with, a little bit flatter shooting. Because I've pumped a few this weekend with my 22 mag, but you've got to get them in a bit too close. 
when you're whistling them. So it's um, like you've got to get them in within a hundred. Um, so I think getting a two four three will allow me to reach out a little bit further. Um, but I think that'd be the only thing I'm looking at buying in the next few months or so. I was going to say, yeah, get shoot the. Um, I've I've had pretty good results. Although although mine doesn't, I'm, I'm mixed results on mine so far. I've got to do a bit more testing. But the 87 grain Vmax man, that just tears them up. Eh? If you if you get an opportunity to reload them or shoot some factory, if they're running the 87 grain Vmax, shoot them, dude. Is amazing, amazing. Yeah, I, I know actually a lot of people who barman hunt they all use the 87 Vmaxes. So must be there must be something about that pill. Everyone loves them. Yeah, my, my mate was really, he had some factory ammo. I think it was shot, he shot a fallow. He had a 243. And it was some weird, like, uh, like 82 or 83 grain or something. It was a factory load. I can't remember what it was. It was a couple of years ago now. And, mate, he shot a good sized fallow in the neck, mate, straight down, no problem at all. So, you know, they certainly do the job. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, speaking of 243, just remind me, I just think it's really funny in Victoria with the minimum caliber for you know, the bigger deer being 270, but they don't talk about. How, like pressure of like what that bullet puts out in kinetic energy. So like in America, a lot of the states have got rules on okay, you can only shoot elk with a, a bullet that's going to hit it with fifteen hundred foot pairs of energy or whatever it is at the particular ranges you're going to hunt it, and that's that's the limiter, not the caliber of the bullets. Because like you could go and sand the hunt with a forty four magnum, but a forty four magnum has way less punch than a two four three. But I can't shoot a sand deer with a two four three legally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think that. The people who make the rules, and even a lot of shooters that I don't actually fully understand ballistics and don't understand what kinetic energy actually is, and they go, oh, the width of the bullet means that it's big. Like, oh, this is a 50 cal. Yeah, it's a pistol round, mate, versus like a BMG. That's two different rounds, same caliber, though. The people just don't really fully understand um, how all that works, I think. I was going to say, what's your? This is an interesting question. A lot of you know, and I, I reckon you're going to say everything, which is good, which is good. But what's your favourite type of hunting, man? You know, because there's a lot of different hunting. You know, wing shooting. You got you know ducks down there in Victoria, for an example. You've got you know deer hunting, goats, as you just said. You're out on the rabbits. You know, busting, busting the warrens and stuff like that. We've got a bit of long range shooting with the heavier calibers if we get the opportunity. I mean, what do you like? What's your what's your number one go to on sort of types of hunting that you like to do? Or spotlighting at night? There's Heaps of different things. Uh, my number one go-to for a while has been stalking, um, but it's sort of like a, I don't know, I kind of, it's like a hybrid. It's a, it's a different style of stalking for what most people consider stalking. So stalking, whereas you're going through the bush trying to find animals while they're bedded and either shoot them in the bed or as soon as they stand up, you shoot them. Um, that's my favourite style, but I've just, I've got a Yag Terrier recently, so at the moment, I've been hunting a lot with him, trying to train him up, so I've been walking him through the bush Sometimes he'll point deer out. A lot of the time, though, he'll just try to bail them, which is a bit weird because he's so small. <laughs> um, it's not just like, especially with one dog, like he'll just chase the deer off. So I'm trying, I'm trying to teach him at the moment. But um, he's got some go on him. We're going to throw him with some pigs soon and see how he does on that. But, um, yeah, so at the moment, my, my favorite go-to was hunting with a dog. Um, and I wouldn't mind throwing my hand at some hound hunting in the future. Um, but, yeah, I would, I would definitely say the stalking side of things um, would be my overall favourite. Although I do like, as you said, every single style of hunting because hunting's great. I know. Everyone, a lot of people seem to be getting into the dog. Seems to be quite, um, quite popular. But I guess the training eh, is the is the limiting factor. Trying to get a good dog, get the training going. It's you know keep him up on the training, not just start chasing deer. No, I mean I'd get, yeah, probably, probably yeah. get a dog. Just starts, you know, smells the deer and just gone. You know, I mean starts chasing a deer and then the dog and the deer's never to be found again. But you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely not a pointer. Like, if you were going to deer hunt with a single dog, I would say don't go deer hunting with a with a terrier because they just like to chase things. I would say go with a pointer. But get if you've got a pack of you know, dogs, obviously like hound hunting, but if you're doing it with small dogs like terriers, um, definitely pack works a bit better because they can bounce off each other and not just one animal chasing one bloody deer down the road. But um, the training with him is going pretty good because I'm like I've had him retrieving stuff at the moment as well. So. I'm going to try and use him for retrieving ducks next year, but at the moment he's retrieving rabbits for me. So rabbits will come out of the holes, I'll shoot them, and I'll tell them to go and fetch them, and he'll go and grab them for me. I was going to so say, cool. he, I think, knows you was, is it male or female? Male. I was going to say, is that him in the background? <laughs> yeah, you can probably hear him yelping. Yeah. He's tied to the back of the car at the moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say, so I thought, mate, he'd, uh, he, he wants to be part of the show. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's pretty needy. He's only young. He's only 10 months old. But, um, yeah, he's... He's not, not enjoying being tethered to the back of the car while I 
talk on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like the ultimate dog. Eh? I wish we could, there was an ultimate dog that just did everything. You know, it it, it get, yeah. retrieves ducks. It uh, yeah, it points out deer or whatever, or you know, gets in there and chases rabbits. You know what I mean? Foxes smells out foxes, takes me to the foxes. I'm, I'm going to breed the ultimate dog if I can ever yeah do that. I'm going to breed the ultimate dog, but it'll probably be oh, being useless, but. If you come up with the ultimate dog, I'll buy one off you. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the ultimate breed. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, but if I ever get, if I ever can develop one, I will. <laughs> you know, it does everything instead of having different dogs for different things. You know. Yeah, yeah. I know some people got like twenty different dogs. Oh, this one's for this, and this one's for this. I use this one for this one. Great. Yeah. You buy, you buy one dog in the buy one, Yeah, like dark, quail, deer, foxes, mate, you name it, it's going to do everything. If I ever develop yeah, it, I'll great. let you know. Probably not. It'll be, it's never going <laughs> to happen. I'll buy the first one. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see how do- some dog, when you look at that sort of stuff, especially around the deer stuff and the ducks and the, and the quail and, you know, uh, you know some of these, I used to know a fellow when I originally many years ago when I first started the podcast, went with a dude and he had this little um, Jack Russell man and I remember we were sitting there, I've said, told this story before, but, you know, there was like a little patch of like fern it was out in the middle of nowhere, and he goes, oh, there's probably a fox in there. And I go, where? And he goes, in there. And I go, what, that bit of tufted weed there? And he goes, yeah. He goes, oh, and he, he had this specifically dog train man, little Jack Russell. He goes, yeah, it was behind us. And he goes, I'll get him in there in a minute. I'll get him to run in there. And I go, man, I can see through that fern, man. It's just a bit of weed. There's nothing there. Mate, I swear to God. Oh, he goes, nah, probably. He goes, maybe not, but we'll see. But points the dog. The dog just runs in there, this little, little Jack Russell. And, man, all of a sudden, two foxes out of this little tuft of weed. Man, you wouldn't believe it. And I was, ever since then, I'm like, man, I will never question you again, sir. I'll never question you again. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking down. I'm, I'm not on my knees, but I'm bending over going, dude, I can see through, I can see the light through the side. There's nothing. There. It, it must have been as probably... You know, if I had to pick it, probably as wide as the average person. That's how far it was. Maybe 30, 40 centimetres wide by yep. maybe maybe 50 centimetres wide the other end, you know? Like it was a little bit longer than it was short. And I'm going, there's nothing in there, dude. Nothing. This is out in the open. This is just a bit of tuft weed or something, a bit of fern. He goes, mate, I've gotten him out of here before in this area. And then you wouldn't believe it. I'm like, where on earth were they even sitting in there? Was there a den? And we but end up shooting two of them and it was a good day out. But, yeah, interesting how these dogs – you know, get in there and, you know, sometimes on that day too, they'll hey, you can hear them in there, you know, a bit of barking and, you know, the fox is getting a bit rolled up in there because it's been cornered and, you know, it's it a pretty good experience actually. Yeah, hunting foxes with dogs is great. Like, I've done a few fox drives where they – and Jack Russells used heaps. The Jack Russells, staggies and um, yag carriers and they'll just flush like through a creek line and go, right, they shooters go off this way and usually tell you where to go. Stand over here and they'll just flush foxes straight out in front of you. With all these dogs, it's fantastic! One of it the is. best styles of hunting. It's I so agree. Much fun. It's that, almost like almost like the the European stuff you see when they're flushing out the wild boar, mm. like that, but with foxes. Great. And and you know, and when these dogs are small too, you'd be surprised, man, how the foxes. Sometimes the foxes run the other way; they just smell the little dog in there, and then they're gone, you know, just via smell. But sometimes you hear them in there; they're like, they're like rrr, rrr, you know, they're you know, getting a yeah, bit, they're yeah. getting amongst it in there. The little uh, Jack Russell, mate, he wasn't backwards in coming forward. Maybe the fox was cornered or something, and then, but inevitably they still got scared, and they didn't up, you know, the fo- little uh, foxes end up coming out the other side somewhere eventually, eh? Like once things got a bit, you know, heated up in the in the in the weeds and that, or in the blackberry or wherever they were and yeah real good experience man definitely a lot of fun man something i want to do more of yeah yeah hunting with dogs is great it's, 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 they'll do things that you personally can't do like they'll get into little spots and flush things out and you know, grab you know, grab rabbits and all sorts of shit they're good yeah, hundred percent. What about um, you know, like especially a lot of this stuff, I man. It's starting to heat up now too. So I probably prefer my winter, especially deer. There's nothing worse than hunting in the heat. I don't know what you're doing at the moment. I mean, I guess if you've got places to stay in private property and that sort of thing. But what do you prefer, summer hunting, winter, spring, autumn? What you go to? Definitely winter, because um, I overheat a fair bit when I'm walking around. I get too sweaty, and I just hate just hate those days when it's just so hot. You feel lightheaded. Yeah, yeah. Stand it. Uh, so I prefer winter hunting because you'll still get a good sweat up, especially in winter if you're running around doing things. So, and then you can sit around the campfire. You got that nice vibe. It's cold. You've got a nice campfire going. So, um, yeah, winter is definitely the, the best. 
I know. I try and with, with my duck hunting trip, that's the last of pretty much hunting until next year because I just you know try and do a bit of fishing or something and you know to t- tide you over through those hot periods. But this year, man, it's been crazy. Is it raining down there, man? It's been like crazy this last month. I mean, for rain, especially in early December, it was crazy, man. What's it going on down there? Oh, it has it's been rainy, but not a great deal. But it's definitely a cold summer. It's the coldest summer I've had since I've been down here. Um, like last night. I think we pulled in home at about 2 a.m. And it was freezing. I was wearing like two jumpers and a long pair of pants and a beanie. I was freezing my ass off. Ridiculous. It's mid-December, you know what I mean? I know. I know. It's been, yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy couple of months, man. But what about daytime hunting or nighttime spotlighting? Um, So so we, this past weekend, we've just been, as I said, shooting the ferrets. I should shoot the ferrets. Shooting the rabbits off the ferrets during the day and then at nighttime spotlighting for foxes. So, yeah, and that's that's mainly what I'll do as it gets hotter. It's just spotlighting, um, so I can hunt at night somewhere it's cooler. But then, yeah, in the summer, yep. uh, sorry, in the winter, I'll go back to chasing deer. Mm. Have you taken any deer there in Victoria this year, or since you've been there? Um, I had one. Well, COVID sort of um, put a stop on a lot of things. Um, I haven't taken a deer this year, but last year I shot a samba uh, with my thirty thirty. Uh, on the run uh, at about 15 metres. and <laughs> nice. it, so That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those ones. We were up this hill and we sort of, me and two mates, and we're walking along. And um, I used to wild dog hunt a fair bit, like on people's private properties. Um, so I kind of know how to read dog sign. And I saw this dog track, so I was following that for a bit. And it, you could tell this dog was chasing a hind and a fawn. And you could, we could read the ground and go, okay, they're running down this way. They're trying to get away. They're zigzagging here, there, and everywhere. And the dog track stopped at the hind tracks and the fawn went off to the left part down this open ground. So we decided to fan it. We're just like, we'll walk through here and this, this hind will be better down here somewhere. And um, I walked up and I was about to turn right. I got to the end of the, the thicket of the trees. I was about to turn right. And something in my brain just said, no, nah, go left. And I walked one step left and this uh, hind stood up about 10 metres in front of me. Started running and I just put one thirty thirty straight through both lungs and it fell about 25 metres down, down the bush. That was pretty cool. Mate, I've, that's one of my plans. I wouldn't mind getting – well, actually, I have shot a salmon before, but I want to get a good-sized, you know, male. I shot a – I think I shot a female. Yeah, it was a female a couple of years back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised how – sort of especially the smaller ones, how pink the meat is. My mate loved it. He reckons it was like pork, man. He goes, oh, it was delicious, you know, because I was pretty successful on that trip. So, you know, you share around, and the guys are pretty happy with that. So, yeah, nothing like – but I want to shoot a big one. That's my plan for the future, shoot a big one. Yeah, it's definitely on my list because, yeah, coming from Queensland, where you've got red deer in that, but you, most of it's on private property and you've got to pay like thousands of dollars to go and shoot a red deer. So deer hunting is not really something I've done very much of. So since I moved down here, I started doing it. But yeah, my plan is definitely to uh, either shoot a fallow buck or a uh, Santa stag this year. I know. I just prefer to hunt instead of working, man. That'd be so much better. But yeah, I can't really afford. Oh, yeah. to, can't, <laughs> can't afford to do that. You know what I mean? So that's the worst yeah, thing. We've got to work to get income. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Someone can just pay me to go and hunt. That'd be great. Oh, mate, wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice? Pay me what I'm on now, I just never work again. But anyway, mate, we're just yeah, going to go to our last exactly. quick break and we'll be right back. To own and use a firearm in New South Wales, you must have a genuine reason for using that firearm. The Australian Conservation Hunting Council is a genuine reason for owning a firearm and an approved hunting organisation for owning an R licence. We are fully insured for all members, ACHC. We do our best to keep our membership fees as low as possible. You can find out more at www.achc.com.au. The Australian Conservation Hunting Council. All right, mate, finish off with a story. I know you just told us a story about your Samba, but any other stories, mate, to finish off? Something, um, you know, maybe maybe a good day out, maybe a good day in the field. Just, uh, yeah, tell the listeners, I guess, uh, a story to finish off. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the story about the goat. So that's probably the goat that you're going to use as the uh, thumbnail. Yeah, um, big I did. 35-inch, uh, big 35-inch um, billy goat. So... I was there with a mate, and we were planning on doing some fox hunting in the afternoon. We were going to whistle some foxes in. So he had some dramas where he, he didn't own a shotgun, right? So he's got a two to three, and um, he was like, hey, man, can you come out with me? Because I keep on getting these foxes in real close, and then I keep missing with a two to three because I can't shoot that like really real close because he's got a high-powered scope on it. Like, yeah, no dramas, but I'll come out with you. 
So we've whistled a few different spots and we moved from spot to spot. And um, I'm not going to tell you exactly where it was because it's my little honey hole, but there's a little place where we were. And on the right-hand side of the road is the National Park and the left-hand side of the road is the State Forest. So I'm driving down the road. I'm looking out to the left, just mind my own business, and I hear my mate yelling at, and I thought he was yelling ghosts, like, ghosts, ghosts. I'm like, what the bloody hell is he saying? Is it like poltergeist out here or something? And I look <laughs> over and there's a mob of goats running across the road from the National Park into the State Forest. And now, obviously, we can legally shoot them. And we didn't even know there was goats out here. We're like, oh, shit. So we pull the car up and they've moved into the bush about 200 metres and sat down. And he's loading his 223 up. And I look in my box of shells. I'm like, oh, bloody hell. I've only got, I've only got fours in here. And then <laughs> I um, had a look. I actually had three slugs um, that were in the bottom of my ammo box. So I loaded two of the slugs into my Stratful shotgun and put another one in my top pocket with a handful of fours just thinking I'll use the force for something if I run out of slugs. So I stalked up on these goats and I was about 60 metres away and the big Billy was standing up and he was looking at me and I knew he was about to run. So I let rip with the first slug and it smacked him right in the tip of the horn and dropped him on the ground. I thought I'd actually shot him through the head. But it's dropped him on the ground. My mate shot another goat. I've walked up to about 40 metres, reloaded the next slug in and this goat stands back up. And now he's looking at me and he's real pissed. I'm like, oh no, what's going on here? So I launched this other slug. It hit him at the base of the horn, straight into his brain. And he was brain dead, standing up. So I thought he was still alive, but he's completely dead. But he's still standing. Um, and then ran up. And then he sort of made a grunting noise. And I've reached into my pocket to grab the last slug. But I've accidentally grabbed a four, dropped that into my shotgun. And he's made a grunting noise, still standing. So I shot him with a four, which put him on the ground. So then, yeah, we had to clean him up and all that. I've got him mounted at home. So he's still got pockmarked foreshot all through his face, but then he's got this massive hole that's about oh, probably four centimetres by about three centimetres straight through his head, and the slug is still embedded in the back of his skull um, as it's mounted on the wall. Yeah, it's still, it's still in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. it was one of those, it was one of those um, Defender three-segmented Slugs, so they're not the ones that come with the ball bearings, but just the solid slug. It's like, um, like some sort of home defence round or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is exactly what it is. Um, and, yeah, so that, it went in and it flattened out and it's now smushed, like, to the inside of the, the brain cavity. So when you look up his nose, you can see this nice silvery lead part that's stuck in there. It's great. <laughs> Oh, mate, yeah, goats are always pretty fun, man. I like shooting goats too, man. I haven't shot goats for years, but uh, when you get onto them, they're certainly a good species, aren't they? They're a bit dumb, but that's all right. I don't want them too smart to outsmart me, so nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. And it just goes to show that, like, you might be going out thinking, hey, I'm going to go shoot this game, and then something else is going to pop up. And I, ever since then, I'm like, oh, I've got to have a redundancy. I've got to have, you know, if I'm going out shooting, uh, I don't know, fallow, I've got to have a redundancy of have the correct calibre so I can also shoot Samba in case one of them stands up. You never know. You might have the you know the deer of a lifetime. You won't have the right gun for it. So I always try to have redundancy when I go hunting now. Yeah, that's true. And always get, cover your bases too. You never know what you're going to find, especially in Victoria. You can come across anything pretty much, like big Samba, as you said, you know, goats, you, you foxes, you know, pigs, anything really, eh? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Mate, if they want to find you on the internet, on YouTube, Instagram, I'm not sure what else you're on, so you can tell me, but I know you're definitely on Instagram and YouTube. So how do they find you? Where do they go? Uh, so on YouTube, the channel's called Fuck Outdoors. So just F-H-U-C-K Outdoors. Remember, guys, it's got three um, meanings. Hang on, what was it again? Fishing, uh, hunting. Fishing, hunting, camping, kayaking. Camping, kayaking. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. So I've got that on, on YouTube. I've got Instagram, so it's fuck underscore outdoors. And then well, I have a Facebook page, but I barely use it, but it's just the same thing, fuck outdoors on Facebook. Yeah, remember, so, um, guys, it's fishing, yeah. hunting, camping, kayaking. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> it like re- it. if it really doesn't, if you really don't like to say, you know, the F-bomb, then you can just take the F-watch and make it, and make it fuck outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mate, you know what? You know, it's always good. I like people that, you know, just do what, do what they're going to do, man. They're not worried about what people think. I said this in the intro, you know, it's, you know, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but, you know, at the end of the day, I like people that are going to do what they're going to do and going to enjoy it because that's what they want to do and they're not going to, you know, bow down to, you know, just to, just to, because people have got channels or podcasts, doesn't matter what it is, you know, they're doing something they enjoy and I know that's what I enjoy too. So very similar. Yeah. We- 
you got to have fun with it. And as, as I said, alluded to before, I get like cases of negative comments and whatever. I, I don't care. It's water for duck, ducks back. The best one, though, was I've, I did a review on the MVP Mossberg. And for some reasons, Yanks loved that gun. And I smashed it in the review, said it was a terrible gun because it is. It's rubbish. And I have all these Americans going, you don't bloody know anything. What the fuck does an Australian know about guns? You can't even own guns. <laughs> there's, there's like 60 comments on there of just them losing their minds because an Australian told them their gun's shit. Mm. I've always I've always said this. It, it, it all depends on what somebody owns, right? And what I mean yeah, by that 100%. is, listen, like people bust my balls over the Triton and I go, hey, they're like, oh, because they, they, they drive Toyota Hiluxes and you know, D-Maxes, whatever, or Mazdas. And I'm like, hey, it's it's been all right for me, but I don't take it seriously. But I always find if, you, if you're doing a review on something somebody doesn't have, yeah, it's all good, no worries. But if you say something bad about something, people take that as a – it's weird, eh? It's like people take that as a reflection on themselves, you know, that if yep. I said, well, this gun maybe not the best gun or, or that gun over there is not the best, but, oh, as soon as some, there's somebody that owns it, you, you, you see them in the comments all the time or whatever it may be, not on your channel, I'm saying, just in general. like, And it's yep. like I find if people own something that you're not so – you know, you maybe not so positive on, then, you know, they tend to get a bit shitty about it because it's like I guess they see it as a reflection on them is like man it's just a car to me i don't my car i don't see it as some sort of status symbol or something hey it gets me from a to b it's done a good job and i've looked after it and it's, it's still working for me so awesome you know yeah exactly i think people sort of look at it like a parent looks at their own kids like a, a parent's never going to call their own kid ugly but Exa someone might look at exactly. someone's kid and go that yeah. kid's ugly you know what I mean? yeah exactly so, like yeah. some some people like that with their like their possessions whether it be their cars or their guns or yeah. Whatever. You They've said my decision. gun was bad, therefore I'm offended. Yeah, yeah. So, you yeah, know, exactly. like, how dare you say that? Because they see it as a reflection on themselves. I go, dude, it's not a reflection on the, yeah. uh, you as a person. It just means for this one, oh, my one works really well. And I'm like, oh my God, just relax, man. Yeah, relax. Well, that, it's because they've made the decision. That they're like, I've made the decision to buy a Remington 700. Yeah. Someone else goes, I don't like 700s. And they go, oh, well, oh, how can you say that my decision's wrong? Exactly. I think a little bit too antsy about it. I know, 100%. All right, Ed, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. So, guys, again, uh, let me just see if I can get it right. Fishing, hunting, camping, kayaking. F-H-U-C-K Outdoors. Check him out on Instagram and YouTube. Ed, thanks for joining me, mate. I really appreciate it. I hope we can chat again soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much, mate. Always a pleasure. I'd love to do it again sometime. You've been listening to an episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time.